Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the TF Cast. I am your host, Willis Stout. Hey, Grum here. It is September 14th, 2022, here in the Solarium. And I'm your host, Jacob Bases. Today with us, we have a guest that we've been trying to get since, like, what, 2019? 2019. 2019. <laughs> um, or that's when the conversation started. Chris K is with us. We recorded some music, and uh, he's here to talk about what's been going on with his music since then and what's coming up. So, uh, Chris, introduce yourself to the audience and uh, let us know what's what's going on. Yeah, my name is uh, Chris K. Um, I'm a musician, songwriter, a dabble in arts. <laughs> I like to say, uh, it's, it's a hard process to call me an artist, but I like to say I'm an artist now. I'd say claim it. Just yeah. go for it. We got artist Chris K. Yes. <laughs> but, um, like... So far, so far as the music, like when we originally, I don't even remember what the original catalyst for our conversation about bringing you on the cast was. I think it was maybe your album you were about to release or some upcoming performances that were just like right before COVID. Um, but you know, what, what is, uh, what has it been like? So it was, I remember the day it was December 19th of 2019. I had my album release party at the what's up lounge. And the album was called Chris K. Buried Away. And then, as you all know, right after that, COVID shut everything down. So just changed everything and really shut down my creative process. And I was like really just like thriving and I was writing so much music. And then it like when all of a sudden you can't perform, you can't go out, you can't do anything. It, it, like it, a lot of people wrote a lot of music during the pandemic. I did not. I went the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Well, that that was your first album, right? It was. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that's that's like a basically a fresh perspective on the show. Someone who like just made their first large creative contribution, and then like had to like see it survive COVID. Because I mean, since then, I think it was. I, I think I I tried to you know bring this back up around like twenty twenty one sometime. I I got back into contact with you, and you were playing shows all around, and like you know just I I felt like you were really putting in the work. So, like, were you, like, rehashing that old album, or did you move past it? So, I'm definitely rehashing. It's, it's funny, because the album's called Buried Away, and it's it kind of did get buried away with COVID. Yeah. And it is out on SoundCloud still. If you do enough digging, you guys can find it. Um, but I'm going to completely remake it. Um, I just feel like going back and reflecting three years ago, my I've progress so much more and i'd like there's a lot of things i don't like about it so i'm kind of glad that happened at the same time because it gives gave me a fresh perspective on it and now i'm get to go with what i want it to sound like more and give it you know it's like a lot of people will remaster an album or make changes or rewrite their songs especially live and like it all was kind of my process because of covid so um, they're definitely all being remastered, re-sung. I'm gonna, that's a fun thing. I'm adding some percussions right now. Um, I just bought some antique suitcases that I'm turning into drums for the bass pedals because I always sit when I perform. So cool. definitely going to make it more of a, an ambiance and an attraction, a performance, I should say. So uh, apart from like, you know, just, you know, probably getting a little bit more experience, uh, what kind of changes are you intending to make to the, you know, like what, what have you, what have you learned or just elaborate a little bit more on some of the, the process of 
redoing some of this well stuff. honestly it's all about emotion for me um my music i was in a very very dark heavy place when i was writing all that music and going back and singing it i can reflect and stuff but i progressed a lot as a person and i'm not in that dark place so much anymore so it's hard to me to go back to that so i want to remaster it with the with the mind, place of mind i'm in right now which isn't so dark and depressed is it um it how do you balance the sort of like the art that was you know of the time and then like the desire for doing uh, a new thing in the future like um are you are you writing new songs to like replace stuff or are you kind of just like shifting the message a little so bit on some stuff i'm definitely just going to rewrite that whole album add some choruses maybe change some refrains change time counts and add add some instruments maybe but relatively it's going to stay in its raw form and then i've been writing a lot of new music that's so gonna reflect on that album a lot but just shows my progression as well oh cool do you uh plan to add a backing band of any sort eventually that is um something i would love to at some point um that's kind of where I was at in my mind when I was thought about redoing it all because I want to do it now. I, at first, I just wanted to get it out. And like now I want to do it with, my, you know, with the concept of growing and adding more anything, honestly. It, like It's the creative process of getting more people involved. It adds a lot. And like I think it'll be very beneficial to add a lot of people. So yeah, eventually I do want to find a band. I do want to have people play with me. As the as the tuning of the songs and then like the re, the planning to re-record or maybe active re-recording come from um, playing them out too, like because you you have been doing some shows and playing out in the area here, um, so I guess I wonder if it kind of comes across as like where you're like learning that in in your at your shows where you're like I'd rather this feel a little bit different or something. Well, yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. Um, my music's very heavy and it gets people thinking. I mean, that's the way I wanted it. And I want people to feel their emotions. Mm. I want them to be exposed. And at the time when I just don't want so much anger in it, I guess I don't want to like come off as trying to hurt people or manipulate people. I just want mm. them to open up to themselves. Maybe then it, it seems like you're just evolving the way that you tell stories a little bit and finding better ways to like, like communicate feelings or something. Precisely. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what, what, uh, how have the shows been this, like, I guess as an artist who, you know, like Jacob said, put out this body of work before pre pandemic and then had to deal with trying to stay active and the struggles of the pandemic. Like how, how has it been as a live performer going through that and sort of like, uh, takeaways where we are now in 2022 and I think things are like happening pretty freely but all the industry I guess like especially entertainment industry is still sort of decimated from the pandemic and oh yeah it's, it's everybody's playing catch-up right now yeah and I don't know if it will ever be back to where it was pre-covid hmm. to be honest with you um restrictions people it, it just really gave people an awakening of like what they're doing with their lives and like it's just a general shift in humanity so i don't think it'll ever go quite back to what it was but yeah everyone is playing catch up right now 
Mm. Yeah, uh, Onion Bone actually recorded an album with the specific intent of uh, having it so we could go on tour because we were playing a math rock festival thing at South by Southwest. And so we like rushed it like purposely. And uh, we talk about it all the time, how we would have done it completely differently. And then COVID happened. So now it feels like we're basically starting over with our like our new project we're working on right now it feels like we basically have to start from square one right besides uh the like local community who obviously knows about us and like i feel that especially because i had i was working i lived on a mountain off grid um in 2021 and i was recording a lot of new music on my phones but a um wood chipper did not agree with me one day so those phones are no longer with me <laughs> so then i really sat when i got back to minnesota i'm really at to start from square one again <laughs> oh man nah. that's that's awful um <laughs> i mean that yeah it's, so you dropped your phone in a wood chipper accident well it was more so like it was a big wood chipper and out it was out in california so you were clearing brush for fire safety and stuff and yeah it was big trees. It was a big industrial one, and you put anything in there, it can just grip it and whip it, basically. Yeah. So it smashed the tree into the side of my pocket and like ripped it out and like huh. almost took my phone with it, but it was it was completely destroyed. Yeah, so it just the the byproduct of the wood yep. chipper destroyed your phone. It didn't go through the wood chipper. I kind of wish I would have just thrown it in for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been almost a better story, you know. <laughs> I, if it was broken, I would have thrown it in. I love throwing phones and things. <laughs> <We just> <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> at the same time, like I, I save all my broken phones. It's, I break a lot of phones somehow. So it's in my graveyard somehow. And like I, if I can get some tech guy to fix it or send it uh, in, we can go recovered. and recover it at some point. Uh, <laughs> just, were, were there like ideas in there that you, you don't have access to anymore? 100%. Like I record myself all the time late night like wake up especially like if i'm having drinking and stuff like i'll always record myself because i wake up in the morning and I'm like oh i really liked what i was playing last night and i can never quite remember the way i wanted it mm. and so that's why i always record it because it's always slightly different when i wake up it does then that works for you so you like because i do something similar but not exactly so you make a recording and then you uh review it later you like listen back and you can kind of play along exactly. with yourself and feel it out exactly cool. so then it just evolves and even if it's just terrible me and my drunk shenanigans is at least i'll remember it the way i wanted it yeah Onion yeah because otherwise you're just like man i think i had a good idea but i don't remember what it was and it could have been trash but <laughs> at least if, at least if you recorded some version of it you know you can review it and be like, yeah, that was trash. I guess yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, Onion Button started re recording all our practices because some of those riffs are so hard to keep track of. Like, we would write something cool and just, I would lose it. Exactly. Like, you play it once and all of a sudden it sounds so good and it's gone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I also have a bunch of useless ones where it's like, me singing to bing bong or something oh there's there's <laughs> if you just scroll there's hundreds in there it's <laughs> fun i i wonder you know we we look at we look back at stuff like they were like remember when they discovered or didn't discover but they were like talking about all of the stuff that was in prince's vault yeah. but you know like now we have singer songwriters and bands that like just i mean like we don't we don't really need to have like every single thing they ever did recorded. <laughs> yeah. you don't want to hear bing bong's a good boy after i'm done well i wonder how that like 
it's funny to I mean if I can make money off current, of it. <laughs> but it's interesting to expand that to like future too. Like in three hundred years. Oh, what, yeah. like what my record will look like or like the record of my work because they could probably just match up like all my digital records with like my IRL stuff and it might not matter in 300 years like they wouldn't care about the difference so it would be like a well I imagine that there's going to be like combine a, it all a whole yeah. plunder industry in it you know like hmm long enough in the future like it it's just not going to matter like we're not going to have any privacy mm. and there's going to be people looking for like music that was never made public in any way mm. just and it's just sitting somewhere you know it's, not, yeah. it's on a server somewhere that's interesting you know it's like in someone's voice memo on their phone backed what, up to the cloud in cold storage that's like, my niche right there i'm creating <laughs> to amazon amazon <laughs> got the bank right now they give all their money from data storage yeah Little do we know, they're just banking all our ideas and music for history. <laughs> probably they probably have computers like uh, scanning that stuff, like big data, just going in on it, and like they know that after the death of the user, they just own it or something, and that's yeah. their long our account now. <laughs> Every time I predict accurately what happens in a movie, I'm just gonna assume that they stole it from <laughs> from like me complaining in my phone speakers just on. There's like this weird thing where like. People, I, I've had, I've been watching movies with someone and they've been like bragging how good they are, like predicting what happens. And it's just really funny because like the, the movie is meant like, like the cinematography, cinematographers know what shot will make you think a certain way. And so when people are like, that's the bad guy, I knew it from the beginning. It's like, well, yeah, that's because they did uh, like upward <laughs> shot to make them. Brain. Yeah. And they played this one frequency behind you. But yeah, it's yeah. always so funny because it's like, well, well, yeah, that it's called foreshadowing. <laughs> it's like the classic getting hit by a bus scene. Like you can usually tell. Yeah. 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 With and this. like I have called it like two or three seconds before <laughs> it happens before. Yeah. But I'm never that like proud or something because yeah. usually you can tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's so trendy now to subvert the expectations, like, yeah, in a yeah. big way. and that that is that is really fun. Yeah. Like I feel like I've really come in, like, uh, I mean, particularly, I mean, to even go back to last episode, like the horror genre, I feel like has really yeah. picked up in quality yeah. recently. Here, it's about time. Yeah. Well, mm. and now that I like the new stuff, like I go back and I appreciate the old stuff more that I didn't care for when it came out, but now I think it's great too. So mm. I think it's a it's a net benefit for everyone. So uh, just to get back to what we're talking about, the you redo your project and uh, you're releasing it. What do you think you kind of have in the Chris K plan beyond so that? So I'm not going to re-release my first project until my new EP slash album, but depends on how long it gets, I'm going to release something this winter for sure. And that's what I'm working on right now pretty heavily. And do you have I'm a name for that back. project? I do not. I thought of a really good one when I was pooping this morning, and then I went out to like write it down. By the time I found the pen and paper, it was gone. Should have yelled at so, Tommy. I guess you always got to record yourself while you're pooping, too. <laughs> yeah. Keep those journals running. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's coming out this winter. Do you have any plans for what that release is going to look like or post-release? No, not not right now. Um, I'm really just diving into the music. Um, for some reason, I really fall and winter is, I guess, like Halloween season gets you into this hibernative state, and like 
people get a little bit more depressed. They lose their vitamin D and their sunlight. They can't go outside. And I don't know. I vibe with that time, but I go outside and snowboard. But I just I love winter and like I feel like it's a more appropriate time for me to release my music because of how heavy it is. Mm -hmm. And like it just will resonate with people better in winter Mm -hmm. versus a summertime album. Cool. Agreed. Yeah, I, I am always more creative this time of year. Um, fall's like by far my favorite uh, season, and I always feel more creative and like I want to do stuff. Exactly. ESLs for me. Um, but uh, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about like your um, your influences, both like stage performers, like people who have influenced you as performers or just like folks. And then um, the type of experiences that you tend to write about. Um, if you could, I don't know, whichever appeals to you more to talk about right off the bat. So, uh, yeah, I'll just start from base one, I guess. Um, people always ask me favorites, and it's really hard. So, especially a favorite musician or band. I kind of have three tops, and that's going to be Cloud Cult, local Minnesota, Minneapolis band, uh, Manchester Orchestra. They're kind of like indie rock alternative and then Bayside, which is more punk rock alternative. And so I, I was raised in Colorado. I came up in the heavy metal scenes and very punk rock. And so coming here and now like my music's kind of like folk punk music. And so Minnesota definitely changed who I influence on, but like I definitely pick up on all those genres still but I just can't find myself like continuously being in that state of mind of sadness and anger in order to write those kinds of songs, mm. if that makes sense. Sure. But definitely at this point, Minnesota people, um, Cloud Colt, Charlie Parr, I really love Pert Near Sandstone, Dead Larry, I love them. Um, and then Useful Jenkins too, like, I don't know, I've, I've picked up on a lot just from going to festivals throughout the years and like, I really tend to blend my environments i think yeah you you've i think you've told me some stories about working in like the festival scene in general like you've done some work for festivals i'm i'm not sure exactly what it was that you told me so yeah i mean i've been doing volunteer work at harmony park forever um doing stage setup tear down just i also used to do music bookings and ran a little production agency here in mankato a long time ago and so I've always done bookings and stuff. So I've been in the music industry forever, I guess. Just not in it. In it. Sure. Well, I mean, that certainly is where a lot of the work <laughs> happens. But my, the next question is kind of obviously, what's it like to move from one side of that to the other? You know, it's a hard transition. And it's it's becoming like realizing that you got to become an actual performer. And not, it's not just about you getting up there and singing your songs. It's about you putting on a performance. Mm-hmm. And that's the weirdest transition I'm going in right now is like understanding and how to make it a performance. What is, what is that? What is, what is your aspiration in that way? Like if you were to put forward the best stage show that Chris K could do, what would that look like? Oh, that's, that's in the process, I guess. I mean, like the best I can do for me right now without a band is like I said, I bought those vintage suitcase travel trunks, they're hard shells and like, mm-hmm. just get some percussion going and just having more fun with it, I guess, instead of being so just in my emotions on a stool. Sure. <laughs> Be in the, in the emotions on a stool with suitcases. It was suitcases. Yes. I like that energy. <laughs> uh, and then I can even pack my gear in them, hopefully. Yeah. Cool. Do you put a, do you, 
so you're you're building a suitcase drum is what is what i gather yes, from that. i have three suitcases right now so i'm building three of them oh okay <laughs> so like do, is it like kind of like those like stop block kind of things where you put a microphone in it or is it a drum he- like what, what, what i mean you, i can't mic it up like? it's it's literally basically like a bass pedal drum so you'll take a, an actual bass pedal and hook it up or you can make a stand where you set slide the suitcases in. So do you cut a, a drum head into it? It depends on this, how it sounds yet. But yeah, I'll probably end up cutting a drum head and maybe some ports. Hmm. A port on the front would be really nice for miking if you aren't going to mount one. Yep. Hmm. I wonder if you, you rig like contact mics up in there or maybe put a I, what I would box do, mic or something. Yeah, I would put like one of those conference mics that we have, but a hmm. nicer version of that. And uh, I'd probably, and then a porthole would be great for right. just getting that uh, release. Otherwise, you'll just have a tack. You'll just have the. <laughs> p- yep. Want yeah, some reverb in there? I've I've always seen those stomp blocks. They have them next to the pedals in the music stores, yeah. where it's like just a PZO mic in there with yeah, like, like embedded in a piece of wood, and you stomp on it. And it sounds kind of like a drum, I guess. Really? Mike Munson has a really cool one where it it just works through contact. And it's uh, like two bars with uh, like three pieces of wood with a little uh, metal slab on it. And whenever you make contact with it, you get a nice sound. And it has a little uh, tone dial on it. It's pretty cool. Mike Munson's Mm. awesome if you guys haven't seen him. Is it like a snare or kick sound? Kick sound. Interesting. Yeah, so like I have a really small one too that I want to kind of make like a snare sound. And then Mm. two bigger ones. Nice. I I like... I, I'm not a drummer, um, but I've been seeing more drum kits as I explore music. And, like, I always like it when somebody's got, like, weird stuff going on with their kit. Right. Um, I, I actually have seen some really well-executed, like, uh, suitcase boxes or... So, so what is somebody... Uh, Bink Beats used a weird kick drum. I don't even remember what it was. It might have been, like, a cardboard box or something. Pretty sure um, Street Fighting Man uh, was done on a... Uh, done on a suitcase drum kit like a toy suitcase drum mm. kit from japan that that drum intro on that rolling stone song oh, you're making me think of coco rosie they always use child toys this yeah. guy on tiktok did this really cool one where he used a small metal like cup that was off balance on his snare i think yeah. and it had a little bit of water in it yeah he does a bunch of stuff it like, sounds i like that's really cool have you seen the one yeah, where he blue man groupie he he like swings a uh, condenser mic around yeah. and then will oh. like play around and it's it makes this like cool like leslie effect it's really oh, yeah. cool he did he like played with the drum mics too yeah that one's the like literally sm57s as drumsticks (laughs) (laughs) it worked it sounded kind of weird it was cool (laughs) it was a cool sound it'd be cool for like the intro of a song or something like that it's good like uh destructive testing for those mics too i'm guessing you've heard of uh shaky graves chris oh yeah yeah he was probably the first guy i saw like executing that and he does them backwards doesn't he I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. like heeled down instead of toe down, which honestly sounds that like makes it'd be, sense, especially for like leaning back on. Your I mean, heels that's how you learn to march. Time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels like you'd oh, be man, on the balls of your feet. Out. Yeah, I think he has a band now, though. He still does it. I saw him at First Ave, um, and it was like he he used the suitcase drum a few times, and it, like people went wild for it. Yeah, I was so, supposed yeah, to go to the show. For. That was in like 2019. And then yep. if he has a full band too, then when you get to that potential, 
it's like you can present two options and people are trying to book you. I'm yeah. like, what's your budget? Oh, you can't afford the full band? Well, I can come do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I prefer Shaky with his just like him and like a honeytone amp in a suitcase. That's my favorite version. Hmm. That's what. That's kind of like what I thought I was getting into. And when I got to the show, it was not what I had anticipated yeah, yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> so I was like, this is all right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I liked it better when he was stomping on the old suitcase thing I, I guess i was in the crowd goes wild section <laughs> that's, that's so funny because i never even thought of shaky graves graves in his suitcase i thought i was stealing it from ian my friend he's in shrimp vision in appleton wisconsin Hi, okay. in pen <laughs> that's cool yeah like uh or people even like put a wallet on there probably for dampening or like put key their keys on the drum and like uh, or like I've seen people like action. loop stuff onto their symbols so you've got like the symbol but there's also like somebody's earrings on there or something that like yeah. rattle differently I'll have to come show you boys once it's I cool. get one set up Mino makes oh. all sorts of cool like jingly things that you're meant to put on your drums and uh, all sorts of stuff there's a guy named JD Beck who mm. also has kind of started a thing where you put little symbols on like all your drums <laughs> and like you can either hit the symbol or the drum or you can like lift the symbol up and make cool sounds. Is it just huh. free floating on there? Yeah, it's like literally okay. just sitting on there. <laughs> he's, a, he's a weird guy. He's his own thing for sure. Interesting. No, I think that that's where TikTok really helps because you get like, you know, or a reel or something, you get like 40 seconds and yeah. sometimes that's about as much of that as I want yeah, but I'm yeah. really into it. Like, <laughs> like if you gave me like an hour of it, I'd be like, all right. Hmm. Um, I wanted to talk because uh, I kind of have seen the whole evolution, uh, kind of even your first shows. I actually don't know. Have you always had a guitar? When do you like I've owned a guitar my whole life, but I tell people I've been playing guitar for probably about five, four or five years now. Um, when would you say you started with like actually like I'm going to write songs and try to it was shows. it was literally about three and a half years ago so i i That's cranked I that album out like i started the the playing guitar a little bit more heavy um late that summer and then that fall i've cranked the whole thing out have you kind of always just like had a guitar um yes and no i guess uh growing up i had one but i never really played it mm-hmm. and then throughout high school i had one but um, it is it's in my guitar graveyard, so it, would, it never played quite right. And like, yeah. I don't know, I would dick around on it twice a year or so. Yep. So I'd never really got into playing until about three and a half years ago. You came into your artist project then as a more of a fan of music, and then definitely like wanted to join definitely. the artist, artist side. Cool. And it wasn't even one about joining the artist side. It was about therapy in a sense for me because music Mm. is therapy in a sense and it was about me releasing emotions is what it really started out of as well i I would imagine that that was a helpful uh processing mechanism over the course of the last couple of years especially (laughs) certainly been interesting definitely think it's uh saved my life at that at this point to be honest with you is uh is those songs living forward um part of that same process for you or are they gonna get like do you you have new stuff that you have to write or do you want to play that out like is how they live in the public important to you um not so much like i guess that's about art um 
once you put it out there, it's up for interpretation. So how people interpret it well, doesn't really bother me. It's like, it's about art for me, I guess. Sure. It sounds selfish, but it is. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think that that's probably a healthy way. Like, I mean, obviously, like artists want to live and, you know, like you want to make, you want like it to turn around into something that you can do if that's how you want to make your living. Um, but I, I don't think it, it's selfish to just do art for your own, you know, right. your own personal makings. I, I think that's actually a good way to do art. Especially yeah. for if you want genuine fans. Like if you want fans who actually want what you have to offer. Also, my camera died. Oof. All right, why don't, we, uh, uh, why don't we do plugs? Why don't we do some shout-outs for Chris, and we can wrap it up here. Right on. Um, so let us know, uh, and let, let the whole crew know where they can find you, um, if there's any upcoming events or places you would like to direct people, and then any shout-outs you want to drop. So there is uh, Chris K. Music on Facebook. I am in the process of ch- creating a different stage name, so look on that page for that. Um, there you can find some old weird music videos and shit on there, honestly. And then besides that, I mean, if you can find my SoundCloud, go for it. <laughs> um, honestly, shout out to the Appleton, Wisconsin crew. You guys have really pushed me to keep performing and doing a lot. So I appreciate you guys. And uh, this upcoming album is, you're thinking winter? Winter. I'm hoping for December, late December. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming on and playing us some tunes and letting us know how it's been and what you're up to. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with the recording process.